Welcome to another episode of Skincare and Scandals. I'm Nicole, and I'm here with my <laughs> lovely co-host, Alicia. And we're here not only to make you laugh at our pronunciation of scandals, but also <laughs> to talk to you today about not the things that you slather on your face, but today, the things that you slather on your head. Yes, which is also another important part of skincare. And because, you know, your hair grows out of your head and your head has skin. So skincare. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to say, Walter already has got a lot of opinions on this, probably because he's covered in hair. Yeah. So Walter is a podcast Westie. Um, He has his own Instagram at Walter Westie, shameless plug. And um, he... (laughs) will honestly just not leave me alone and I think that's because he's a fluffy little boy (laughs) he currently uses chi dog and I don't think they're in a current lawsuit with anyone um but I guess he has some things to talk about so if you're (laughs) background many apologies he just has things to say yeah you know we're all about free speech yes he's got a lot of opinions on this hair care episode today you know we had talked about um when we had talked about scandals you know we kind of batted around did we want to talk about hair? And besides my very interesting connection there, hair goes out of your head and your head's covered in skin. I mean, sure. But there are a lot of scandals that have been connected to hair care and hair care companies. And as we started digging in them and we were sort of talking to people about this episode, I mean, a lot of people were like, yeah, I remember those lawsuits. You need to talk about this company. You need to talk about this company. So, you know, we kind of thought this might be a little bit more a full or I'll say a fuller topic than maybe we had initially anticipated. Fuller because we're trying to get our hair to grow more. Oh man. I would love. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Too bad. These products, uh, the stuff we're going to talk about today, I would definitely not use even if they're still on the market for getting fuller hair. That's unfortunate. Nicole, what is your hair type? Uh, So I have a, so I have, I don't know. So let's start at the top here. So I have a lot of very fine stranded hair. So I have a lot of hair, but it's fine. Not thin hair, just fine hair and a lot of it. My natural hair texture is curly, but after years of straightening and heat styling it, it's more of just like an abstract poof with some curls in it. So... An abstract poop. That's incredible. Like it doesn't really curl. Like it just does its own thing. Like this is really sad for me to say, but like, if you saw me straight out of the shower, no product in my hair, you'd probably be like, girl, are you okay? Are you going through something? (laughs) Um, But I typically heat style my hair. I have started working more with the curl that occurs and I kind of touch that up with a curling iron. Either way, you will probably not see my hair natural and there's a lot of heat in it. (laughs) What about the stuff on your head? Uh, My hair is also fine, but it's also thin, which has been difficult as I've gotten older and, you know, you get into your thirties, spoiler alert. It's just a different point in your life than you were when you were 15 and 16. So I definitely had more hair when I was younger, but it's definitely thinned out quite a bit as I've gotten older and it is absolutely 100% stick straight. So when there's no humidity outside, it will hold a curl. But if it's humid in the summer and I walk outside that 30 minutes I spent curling my hair will be gone in like 15 seconds. So that is my burden to bear. So, you know, like we mentioned, I think 
a lot of people, I'm not even going to say women. I mean, a lot of people uh, really deal with hair loss as they move into their late twenties, thirties, and then early forties, that time in your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, look at Prince William who is basically (laughs) bald and he's not that old. No hair care issues occur across the genders. And I mean, it doesn't really discriminate it. You know, you just get this kind of point in your life where your hair really starts to take a hit for whatever reason. Yeah. And I think a lot, at least for me personally, stress has had a lot to do with hair loss. So I've gone through some intense periods of stress in my life lately. And the hair is just like the first thing to go. Yeah. Um, luckily I've been able to get a lot of my hair back. I've been able to grow my hair out, but I've definitely have experienced some forms of hair loss, luckily not permanent, but I definitely relate with this topic, especially because some of these people at the end of the day, they're not going to get their hair back in full. Like, yeah. I yeah. And I, I mean, it's, it is really interesting how your hair and your hair health is so connected to like your emotional state. You're like emotional, yeah. psychological state. I mean, I know some people deal with that with acne and breakouts when they're dealing with stress, but goodness, it seems like a lot of people deal with hair breakage, hair falling out when they're going through really stressful situations. It seems like that that hits a, people a lot more than just like a breakout or something. Yeah. So definitely. we're going to talk about three companies you may have heard of before. The first company is WEN, W-E-N. The second company is Monat. And the third company is Diva Curl. But why don't we start talking about WEN first? We will start talking about WEN. So when we kind of chose our brands, there's been a lot of hair care products that have landed in hot water. These are just the ones where the water was just a little bit hotter than (laughs) the others. So these are kind of more examples of a bad time rather than all-inclusive, which take that how you will. But back in kind of the early 2010s, there was a hairstylist and his name was Chaz Dean and he started a line called When. And it was the hot thing to be using on your head. And he started that cleansing conditioner trend, which a lot of other hair care brands picked up on. So it's like a one step, not a two for one. We're using a two for one. We got to talk. But it was a cleansing conditioner. So it was a cleansing, a conditioner that cleansed and moisturized your hair at the same time. Very different than a two-in-one shampoo. Don't get it twisted. (laughs) At the end of the day, really didn't matter because his product caused a lot of severe hair loss. And so these people who were getting this nice, grateful hair, that was quickly turning around and causing severe loss and a lot of scalp irritation, Um, whether that was kind of like burns, just... I guess when you get like a rash, like atopic dermatitis, things of that nature. So this lawsuit went on and ended up settling for $26.25 million. Wow. Which is a lot of money. But at the end of the day, this is a statement that was said. And I think this kind of attitude is a lot of the problem. So the statement they put out for this settlement was... When by Chaz Dean is safe and we continue to provide thousands of customers with products they know and love, but litigation is time consuming and costly. So we made a business decision to pursue settlement so we can focus on delivering quality products. So absolutely. (laughs) I'm sorry, but 26.25 million. 
as a business judgment, I ain't buying it, Chaz, when, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have a business and I am not interested in hearing about people that don't like my business. So I'm just going to pay them $26 million to make them go away. It's that just, it's more of, cost effective that way. Like, you know what? <laughs> like, I just, I can't hear it. Here's no. 26 million. Like, man, I wish I had 26. I mean, I can do a lot more things than make people shut up $26 million. But one thing to note, and this will come back up, is that the FDA investigated this brand only after 127 complaints, which at the time, which the number was the largest number of complaints associated with like a cleansing hair product at the time. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's still for sale. It's sold on QVC. And if you go on QVC, there are like, you know, 40 million bottles that have been sold and they're glowing reviews across the population. So there are plenty of people out there that do love it and that have had great experiences with it. A couple of the ingredients through the testing that was done, a couple of the ingredients were either banned or deemed unsafe for use in consumer products in Europe. And I feel like that is, that's something that I've come across recently with some skincare products is ingredients that are deemed unsafe in Europe, but the FDA has said they're safe to use. So, I mean, it's, it seems like that may have come into play a little bit with this one. I agree. And I don't remember the exact numbers on this, but along those same lines, I was watching a documentary. They were talking about skincare and I think the United States and I basically the European Union has thousands of products that are banned. And I know their number is over a thousand compounds and ingredients that are banned. And United States, I think has like just a hundred that are banned, Mm. but you have something in the hundreds and I know it has a one, I don't know the exact number, but it was like 100 something versus thousands of products. I think just being here in America, we're exposed to more toxins than people in Europe would or European skin brands produce. Well, and, and so the, the article that I read about this particular, this particular lawsuit said that the, some of the preservatives that were in when that were banned in Europe were found in over 20,000 personal care products on the market, having at least one of those same ingredients. So when you look at it like that, I mean, yes, some of these people, if you see the pictures, I mean, these people suffered some, you know, really terrible mm-hmm. issues with their hair, but was it related to these ingredients? Maybe. Was it not? Was it something else? I mean, did they happen to be a very small selection of people that maybe they just had an allergy to those ingredients? I, maybe. I don't know. I ain't going to find out. No. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I will not be the test I'm not going to be the test buddy. I'm going to believe. I mean, the no, pictures, no. the pictures are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that would, this would kind of be like the beginning and the end of the hair care falling out of your head. And we were just like, not going to do this because it ain't cute. It's like bald patches, just redness. It's just like, honestly, gross and really sad. Yeah, it is. It's sad. Mm-hmm. But the toxins didn't stop there. No, they did not. Uh, so the next brand we're going to talk about is Monat. And mm-hmm. Monat is a multi-level marketing company 
And if you have been following our podcast for any length of time, you will know that I have personal opinions about multi-level marketing companies, Uh, but Monat is one of them and they sold hair care products. They kind of came onto the market uh, back in the, I would say like the 2015, 20, excuse me, or the 2014 Mm timeframe and the company it started with just hair care. Okay. It started with just hair care in 2018, an ABC affiliate in Las Vegas claims to have broken the story wide open on the problems that Monat was causing to consumers. And ultimately they were kind of coming in by droves posting on social media and they were contacting the news stations and they were saying that their hair was falling out. Their scalp was itchy. It was bleeding. It had scabs. It was a huge problem. The interesting thing was that Monat started suing stylists for defamation and those other people that were speaking out about it, they actually started suing them for defamation. And one of the articles with this ABC affiliate actually talked about one of the stylists being sued for defamation. Monat was claiming that they had 1000 order cancellations and the last the previous two months due solely to this stylist. So they were claiming that she directly was causing them, you know, undue harm. I feel like this says a lot about a company. This is what their spokesperson said when asked about why they were suing stylists. When we tried to reason with our attackers who were bullying people online, bullying some of our market partners, bullying other customers and ridiculing them for using our product, We had to file a lawsuit to protect ourselves from the attacks. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. By the way, there's not a constitutional right to complain about a company. A company has a right to respond any way it wants to. (laughs) That is so rude. One, like, calm down, take a Xanax. (laughs) Um, If you watch Real Housewives, you know what I'm talking about. If not, just like, you can attribute that quote to me. Um, (laughs) Wow. That's like really aggressive. Just like, those companies are like, you know, like we don't agree. And like, we feel like these claims are unfounded, but like, you don't have a constitutional right to talk shit about me. Like, actually, yeah, I do. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. And um, we can respond any way we want to, including suing you for saying something bad about it, which I thought was ridiculous. And this particular gal that they talked to, the comp- Monat actually sent a letter to the salon where she worked threatening to sue the owner if the owner didn't silence the stylist or fire her. Like Ooh. the gal is just a hairstylist. Like, I, I mean, You've got this multi, what they're proposing, or they're putting themselves out to be this like multi-million dollar company going after stylists, just regular people trying to do their jobs. I I don't know. That just seems really, really extreme. So ultimately after this period of time, some people got together and filed a lawsuit because I mean, of course they did. Now, this is what I thought was very interesting about the lawsuit. So Uh, we've talked about this before. It was a a class lawsuit and they sought class certification and ultimately it ended up in Florida. That's where the lawsuit was filed. But this is what I thought was interesting from the lawsuit. So they described Monat's marketing materials for the process that hair undergoes as it transitions into healthy hair. 
So the first month is called the quote, detoxifying phase. The second month was the quote, recovering phase. And the third month is the quote, stabilizing phase. Now, okay. Yeah, I wish this was a video podcast because I'm just like looking at Alicia with a face. (laughs) I am not buying this. Please continue. So, all right. So the detoxifying phase, uh, Monat said that you're going to experience positive effects. Okay. Positive effects, better overall texture, less tangling, and some baby hair growth. Great. The detoxifying process, however, had some potential negative effects that you might see, like refined oil production some flaking, some itching, some dryness or stickiness, stickiness. Why would your hair be sticky? Or some shedding from hair follicles that are enlarging and getting rid of old cells and dormant hair. (laughs) Okay. All right. In month two, which is the recovering phrase phase, they claim that most consumers will experience increased volume, balanced oils, increased hydration and reduction of frizz. Okay. By that time, the flaking has probably all but stopped. The itching should have calmed down. The sticky feeling has almost all gone away as the buildup is disappearing. Your hair is becoming shinier, livelier, and healthier new hair growth is stronger and there's less shedding. I'm not, a, um, I'm not a trichologist. I think that's a hair doctor. I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm not a trichologist, but like, absolutely not. Not what? a thing. Who re- like who reads this stuff and thinks that like, this would be a great thing to experience potentially for two months, if not longer. It hair gives me natural de- yeah, it gives me like natural deodorant vibes. How they yeah. sell you on natural deodorant and they're like, uh-huh. well, you're going to smell real bad for two weeks, yeah. but, then, but then it's going to be okay. No. Um, yeah. But I don't think I can do that for my head. Like, no. Mm, no, thank you. So, I mean, they're basically saying you're going to be oily. You're going to be flaky. Your head, your scalp is going to itch. It's going to be dry. Your hair is going to be sticky and your hair is going to fall out. So like your, your hair is being hazed. Like this yeah. is not the military. My hair does not to be broken down to be built back up again no. or whatever they say. No, thank you. No, no, no. Um, and basically what they say in the lawsuit is that the plaintiff and then all the other consumers experienced very significant negative effects. And those effects included way beyond irritation. It included sores on the scalp and extreme hair loss. So they, they claimed that Monat, in addition to many things, that they failed to warn consumers adequately and that they failed to actually test. And that because of that, people suffered, suffered injury. And I mean, it makes sense because if, you know, if what they're claiming is y'all told us we might experience some itching, but we're over here clawing our heads off itching. And now we have scabs. That's kind of a completely different scenario. So I get, I get where they're coming from. if, If that's what their claims are. Um, So, you know, the, the lawsuit kicks off, but interestingly enough, there were a bunch of reports to Ashley Moody's office, the Florida attorney general, and they start investigating. Ultimately they go through and, um, well, let me back up. Ultimately consumers, not only filing the lawsuit, but consumers just reported, reported to the Florida attorney general that Monat was failing to respond to inquiries 
They weren't issuing refunds. They weren't canceling customer accounts when requested, and they were not accepting return goods. Basically, they were just ghosting people. And that's sort of one of the things that the attorney general is there for, is to accept and investigate consumer complaints that they've been wronged in some way in the state. They opened an investigation into violations of the Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act. And ultimately, through that investigation, Monat voluntarily entered into what's called an assurance of voluntary compliance. Basically, they the attorney general will agree to drop their investigation into Monat, but for five years, the AG's office gets to go into their physical business locations. They get to interview any staff they want to. They get to inspect and copy any requested documents that they want to. They have to pay $250,000 to the AG to cover attorney's fees and investigative costs. They have to refund all the consumers that apply for refunds. And at the time of the agreement, uh, they had actually already refunded $83,000 to consumers so far. So when I looked at the website not too long ago, it looks like the cutoff actually wasn't that long ago for getting a refund. So I think it was open for a pretty long time. So uh, I thought I thought that was kind of interesting. But, you know, again, I'll tell you, man, these people, they need a they need a better press secretary. Here's a, yeah. here's a quote. During a now this company is still going on, by the way, still an MLM, still out there, you know, they are all over TikTok with the hair and the free yeah. car. They are yeah. all over the place. I mean, still trying to build up that downline, still still pushing stuff. There was a September director webinar and one of the higher ups said, and I quote, we had some issues. We took care of those issues. And going forward, we're going to make sure we don't have those issues again. And it's all good. I'm not worried about it. You shouldn't be worried about it. The the company owners aren't worried about it. It's boring legal stuff. And he then went on to describe some of the company's critics as, quote, haters, saying, don't let the haters dictate to you what you can and cannot say. Let that come from us. Sketchy. <laughs> haters. Haters. Let your haters be your motivators. The best part about this was it has a very perfect tie-in to all of our SPF that we have been talking about recently, because this uh, this ABC affiliate in Las Vegas has still not given up on the Monat investigation, and they recently discovered that Monat is promoting a an SPF 30 product called Sunveil, claiming that it had been approved by the Skincare Foundation. Well, this affiliate reached out to the Skincare Foundation who said that Monat has not submitted an application for their SPF 30, and therefore it has not earned the seal of recommendation for being safe and effective broad spectrum sunscreen. So it looks like they are still just walking that line of scandalous activity. The ABC affiliate reached out to Monat about that, and they said... <laughs> Some independent market partners may be getting a little ahead of themselves following our, following our announcement of our forthcoming Sunveil SPF 30 product. And that's our fault. Based on an announcement we made at a company event for our sales force two weeks ago. Y'all I have to say is Mo 
I think not. <laughs> I'll tell you, this this company has got a lot of, they have got a lot of excuses for the stuff that they do. Like, you know, like Nicole said, a lot of companies, while, you know, they will deny wrongdoing and they will say, we're investigating, we have no comment, you know, we, we deny any and all wrongdoing, et cetera. But I mean- calling people haters, suing people that are having, who are seeing problems with people's hair and telling people not to buy the stuff. They're suing them for defamation. I mean, it's just, it's so extreme. I just, I don't, I don't like the, I just don't like Mm-mm. any of that stuff. No. I just don't like any of that stuff. Thank you. Yeah, no way. So Monat also a thumbs down from me, just saying. Well, our next product which is bad, but at least they had better press on it, um, was Dave Curl. I don't even know what to say. Like, they went after their constitutional rights. Like, calm down. Okay. So Dave Curl came out around the same time. I would say, like, 2010, not 2010, like, 2014 era. I have to or at ask, least it Is it Diva or De- Deva? How do you pronounce it? I'm going with Deva because it's a good in between and I'm not a hundred percent sure. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to go with Deva curl. Um, so Deva curl was a product. It looked really great. It was soul free, free paraben free. And when you see those words, it gives it a little bit of a connotation of safety. So Deva curl was one of the forerunners in making curly hair mainstream And there has just, there's a larger cultural conversation about curly hair, acceptance of curly hair, what curly hair we do accept, what curly hair we don't accept. So that's just a larger conversation about curly hair. And they really, their mission was to get women to embrace their curly hair as well as their natural hair. Unfortunately, these products had a really severe effect on these women. So a lot of women started their either natural hair journey or their curly hair journey using these products, got really great hair, and then they ended up with effects like hair loss, scalp acne, a general burning sensation, migraines, allergic reactions. One of the people actually ended up having to wear hearing aids for life because the tinnitus she got was so severe that she needed hearing aids to regulate the noise. And she said that in the first time in 11 months after getting these hearing aids was the first time she had heard silence. Cause that's how bad the ringing in her ears was. That's so sad. That was like, it's, that was the saddest one that she has to wear hearing aids now, like forever. Yeah. And just like not to necessarily hear, just to have some sense of normalcy and quiet. Just so sad. So this, if you want to learn a little bit more about Deva Curl and want to get more information, especially as it refers to black hair, I would really recommend watching the documentary, Not So Pretty. They really go a lot deeper into the cultural conversations between hair, what's acceptable, different hair types. And honestly, they're a lot more qualified to talk about natural hair than I am because I don't have natural hair and I haven't gone through some of those struggles. And I also haven't been exposed to things as hair relaxers or experience hair discrimination. And they do a really good job of walking you through that and the implications of products with that and those 
things that women experience. I would definitely say to watch that documentary, Not So Pretty. It's on HBO Max if you want a little bit more information on that aspect of this. Yeah, it gives you a lot of really good background information about sort of why why people embraced Deva Curl or Diva Curl, why, why the company was embraced so quickly by so many women. I mean, it really spoke to a large population of women who wanted, you know, really wanted to embrace their curls. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, the, the women they interview say that it just exploded. Like some women, their entire, like the stylist, their entire work became just curly haired women because of, you know, the really because of these products. So one of the women that was affected who took Dava Curl and really made it her bread and butter stopped using the product and started a Facebook group that went through and talked about all the effects of Dava Curl and started telling her clients to stop using it. And this Facebook group grew from about 5,000 people to 60,000 members that had been affected by Dava Curl. Yeah. One thing that's interesting is when you compare this scandal to the one scandal, about 1,500 people ended up making reports to the FDA. 127 complaints were filed with one. The FDA didn't really do anything about it. And the reason is that the FDA actually doesn't have a mandatory recall authority. They Mm -hmm. can ask you to take a product down if it's unsafe. So the problem is you don't have to prove it's safety for these products, cosmetic products, before they're on the market. So why would you spend the time, money, energy, investment to do so, you know? Yeah. I didn't realize that the FDA like didn't have that. That's so interesting though, because isn't that like kind of counter to the stuff that we had talked about before, like when they were investigating. They can investigate you and they can make your life kind of miserable. But for this kind of product, the documentary said that they didn't have mandatory recall authority for this. Okay. So I guess they could maybe like financially penalize you or something. Yeah. Which but I they guess can't is- force you to take it off the shelf. So I guess that's sort of where like maybe the AG investigations come in. I guess they might have maybe some more injunctive relief type options than like for what, you know, for stuff that's being done in in the state, maybe versus the FDA. I don't know. That's really interesting though. I don't know. At the end of the day, the FDA wasn't really the force with taking Dave Curl off the market. It was actually the people that they had hired as influencers who were personally affected by the product kind of lurked into the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And so they are the ones that started the education on the side effects of Dave Curl. So the problem with Dave Curl is that a lot of the chemical compounds at the end of the day released formaldehyde. Yes, the stuff that you embalm people with. Yeah. And it's used in a lot of hair products, like a lot of straightening treatments and a lot of relaxants. And it's just overall really not good for you. It gets you results, but it's not good for your health long term, especially if it's something that you do a lot of the time. So these influencers kind of rose to the occasion and started educating people. 
And David Curl stood by the effectiveness of their product, saying that it was safe and blamed the customers at the end of the day for not using the product properly. So they would say, you're scrubbing too hard. You're using it too often. You're doing this. You're doing that. But they said something interesting, which is just not true. They said that our products do not predate the scalp and get to the hairball. Therefore, they can't cause hair loss. Hmm. And that's just not true. That one of your scalp is one of the most absorbent parts of your body. Yeah. And so, like, and you have all these little perforations in your head from your hairs. And to say that it doesn't get in your scalp, well, like, yeah, it does. How else is it working? Yeah, that's the whole point. It and gets on yes, your scalp, so it works. Yeah. And like, yes, hair products penetrate your hair cuticle and the hair itself, but to say that it doesn't get on your scalp. I don't think so. Yeah, that doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> so they said that they said that their product was safe, but they ended up completely reformulating the line. Mm. And so that just causes a lot of suspicion. Once again, it's a brand doing an action but never taking accountability. And it's really sad for a lot of these women who, one, are just your average everyday curly hair user or really went against societal beauty norms and started their natural hair journey with Java Curl and now their hair is falling out. And so it's just really sad to see. And if you do have the chance to watch a documentary, Not So Pretty, you will get a full glimpse of this scandal and a deeper understanding. Well, and so it really hasn't been that long since their class action lawsuit was approved by the court. It was just January of this year. And they ultimately settled the lawsuit, I believe it said for 5.2, yeah, $5.2 million um, because all of this stuff sort of happened during COVID. The preliminary approval for the settlement was in July of 2021, but it was formally approved by the court in January of this year. So, I mean, you know, it, just, it's just wild. Like the one scandal they forked over $26 million. That's exactly what I was about to say. The wind scandal was way less people and it was so much more like five times the amount. And then, you know, you get this one where it seems to be a lot more people were affected and it was only $5.2 million. It's, I'm not really sure why. Yeah. And it makes me kind of think of the timing of these scandals. The more we get advanced in time, Mm -hmm. we have the rise of social media too. Yeah. And so it's a like, was when that bad? Like it was obviously bad, but is David Curl look worse because more people are able to connect on it? I'm not saying that the injuries are different or what happened is different, but are we just smarter because we're able to communicate with people we don't necessarily know or would talk to on an everyday basis because of social media? Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, th- this is a tough one because this is one of the, you know, like like Nicole said, you you actually get to hear from the people directly who were affected in this uh, this documentary. But this is the one where you're seeing people having like real permanent effects, constant ringing in the ears, constant scalp issues, you know, their hair is not growing back. Um, you know, like this, this one gal who had to wear hearing aids for the rest of her life. It's, it's sad to see, you know, it's really sad to see that one girl actually kept her hair 
which was crazy. One of the girls in the documentary mm-hmm. would collect her hair that would fall out. And she had like five quart bags full of hair. And she said, I finally just stopped collecting it, but here's all my bags of hair. And I mean, yeah. And I mean, like, not like, that was wild. like, I mean, like, I thought it was bags of extensions. She was keeping, yes. it was bags of hair. And I was like, yes. oh, bags of hair. And I was like, oh, wait, not like, oh, these are the bags of my hair, like for storage. These are bags of hair that has fallen out of my head. Yeah. It's, and it was a lot of hair. Yeah. Big, thick bags. Well, and I think the other thing about this one too, is that, uh, this company, these products were actually accessible in like Walmart, you know, when was more of like a. I would say a salon brand, wouldn't you say? Like maybe a little bit more. Like salon, QBC. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just like from the time, but like, I remember you had to order it. Right. Right. I actually so, think my mom might've bought some at some point. I feel like everybody's mom bought some at some yeah. point. <laughs> the win air care. Yeah. Cause it was like the hot thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, and it ended up becoming the hot thing when it burned off your scalp, but you know. Yeah. I feel, I don't know. I feel, I feel really bad for the, the people. Like I said, maybe it was just because we got to actually see them and hear from them in the documentary, but this one, this one seems the the most rough of the three that we talked about. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. And especially, I just think both of us have gone through like stressful periods or like our hair isn't exactly what we want it to be. And I think for us women, like, and not to say that men don't have this connection to their hair as well, because they do. Actually, I just think for all of us, like hair has an emotional connection. Yeah. Because it's a lot of the way that we express ourselves. And like, if you can't pull off a bald head, you probably want your hair. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a really big part of like how we style ourselves, how we present ourselves. And it's just really sad for someone to try to do something to make themselves look better. And it doesn't come out the way they want it to. Yeah. Um, And then potentially to have the added burden of permanent effects is just very sad. Yeah. Yeah. So so this was, this, this was an interesting one. We were kind of, you know, we had a, a lot to talk about with this one. These are obviously not the only hair care companies that have experienced some sort of scandal, but these are the ones that were coming up the most when we were talking to people. Every, you know, people were saying Monat, Diva Curl, when uh, we were getting that, that kind of feedback a lot. And these were the ones that we were coming across when we were doing our research. So, and just like we said in our St. Ives episode, we used to say beauty is pain. Your hair shouldn't hurt. Your scalp right. shouldn't hurt. And yeah. so it's kind of like, we're not trying to fear monger everyone into being like, if you shampoo on your head, it's going to fall out. That's not what we're saying. It's just like, trust your instincts and no product should be making you feel like you should accept anything less than it doing something good for you. Right. Like you shouldn't have to suffer for it to work. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So just like be cognizant of claims and like trust your instincts when it comes to some of these things, because we're being told over and over, like that's part of the process. And we're taught to trust the process. Uh, Maybe not with this, maybe with a workout, maybe we're trying to get abs, trust the process, but maybe not with your hair falling out of your head. Yeah. I mean, when you're reading a product and it says that you may experience flaking, itching, thinning, shedding, dryness, 
stickiness, <laughs> oiliness. Sticky hair. Maybe, you know, maybe go for the suave instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just anything but. Anything so, but, yeah. We'll let end with that. Um, we really do encourage you to go and watch Not So Pretty on HBO Max. This is not sponsored, but HBO Max, if you'd like to sponsor us, we're more than willing <laughs> to take your money. Here we are. Um, so we do have a skin query today, and I think it's a good one. And it's one that we're asked often. Yeah. So if I'm not allowed to pop a zit, what should I do with it? <laughs> um, so do you have a protocol for when you get a zit? Because I have a whole thing. Um, okay. So keep in mind, I have very dry skin. I do not have very large pores. Uh, so a lot of times I don't get deep zits. I get very superficial, like whiteheads. And a lot of times I can just sort of like press on it and the, the zit itself will kind of take care of itself. So my skin is in a little bit of a different situation, but most of the time, if I see a zit, if I just keep on with my skincare routine, make sure I'm cleansing my face very well, using that toner, make sure I'm double cleansing all of that stuff, just being very on top of things. A lot of times it will just go down and move along. So if you're not like Alicia, I have a whole <laughs> protocol and it's, um, wow, this is going to be like so embarrassing, whatever. So I have, so there's types of zits. Let's talk about zits. There's like those deep zits mm-hmm. that are just like in there doing their thing. You have kind of like superficial ones and you just have like those like nasty little like ones with like the big white goop. Yeah. So (laughs) this is so unorthodox, but I'm going to tell you all this. So if you have a deep zit and you can't see it yet. But you can like like, feel it like it hurts. You can feel it and you're like, this is going to come up and ruin my whole week. Yeah. So I have found that heat works on it. And try this at your own risk. I should probably say, do not try this at home for legal reasons. But um, I wait for my hair straightener to cool down and apply it to my face. And the heat kind of kills the bacteria underneath. If that sounds psychotic to you, which it should, you can also make like a cup of tea and stick a metal spoon in there and like test it on the back of your wrist like you're making a bottle for a baby and then put it on the affected area. That's and that's really interesting. Like, and so I got the idea back in like probably like 2008, like when I first started high school, probably like 2007, 2008, there was a product called the Zeno and it was like a little, oh, yeah, product. I remember, remember that. that. Yes. And so what, so it was a little tool that you put up on a zit and it heated up slowly and killed the bacteria underneath. But they had cartridges and eventually they stopped making the cartridges and the cartridges were expensive. And I was like, you're just putting hotness on your face. And so if I just started using like my straightener or a hot spoon, um, definitely try that at your own risk. Don't burn your face off, like clean your <laughs> with an alcohol pad. Like it's not my best advice, but like it does work. Definitely try the hot spoon if you're not as experienced with me with the straightener. I would say it takes a professional um, psycho to try that one. <laughs> Another more orthodox method is if you have a zit that's under your skin 
use the pimple patches that have the micro darts on them. Oh, yes. Hero Cosmetics makes these and they are, they're in a blue box and you can see the little micro darts on them. Those are for when the zit hasn't come to the top yet. The ones in the red box that look like a zip sticker or when the baby has arrived and <laughs> trying to get it out. And so I think knowing your two types of pimple patches are important. So mm-hmm. the blue ones by Hero Cosmetics, if you feel it coming up and you don't want to do the hot method, do that. And if you have one that's already at the surface, try the red one so it'll kind of suck it out quicker. My last two tips are I do kind of have like a zit popping tool. I don't use my fingers, but it's like one of those metal sticks that you can disinfect with like the little circle on the end. And I only use that after steaming my face and when it's already at the top. So when it's like white and disgusting, you can use a tool. And if it doesn't come out at a swipe, you stop. Like it's a one time deal. Don't force it out. Just you can help it a little. And then My last tip on this very strange journey I have taken you down (laughs) is Peter Thomas Roth makes an acne gel. It is incredible. And I think it's one of the best products that I've used. And so if you have something coming up or you're just like generally breaking out or just want something, it's the Peter Thomas Roth acne cleansing gel. It has AHA and BHA acid in it. And it works so well. It was recommended by Kathleen Jennings. And so if you know anything about her, you know it works. So that is my whole thesis dissertation on how to get rid of a zit without popping it with your fingers. That is a lot of information. I learned something here. I learned something from you. I didn't know about that spoon thing. That's really interesting. Yeah. Are you going to try the straightener next time? I'm kidding. No. Um, actually, well, no one. No, actually, like no one try that. I'm going to stop doing that. That's dumb. I'm going to stop doing that. We're just going to heat up the spoon. We're going to heat up a spoon. I normally yeah. do the spoon, but I did start with the straightener first. Um, that, that's that's really interesting. I will. I mean, periodically, I do get those too. So I'll have to. I'll have to try that. And just to kind of echo with the little metal metal tool, I think if you have acne or if you deal with zits periodically, I think you kind of know it's hard to describe when the zit is like superficial enough that you could use that tool. But I think we all kind of know, I think like it's there and it's like at the point you're like, am I really not allowed to pop this? Yeah, I think we like, I think kind of know. It's like, you know, it's just a better way of like when it's ready, just give it a little extra. Yeah. Use your, definitely use your common sense on that. I remember a lot of people used, a lot of friends used to use that. uh, I think the pronunciation is Mario. Mario Badescu. Badescu, um, yeah. mm -hmm, mm, Don't use that stuff, guys. It's, I this is so bad. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, it's like, it's separated. There's like pink stuff at the bottom and then it's like a liquid on the top. Yes. And you're supposed to dip all the way through to the pink stuff. Um, and you're not supposed to shake it. Mm-hmm. I was at a friend's house one time and I saw that and I thought it was separated. And so I just like immediately started shaking. it. Oh no. I, I mean, it, it'll, it'll, it'll separate back, but you won't be able to use it that day. Right. You're not supposed to shake it. And I felt really bad because then I read it and it said, do not shake. And I was like, oh man, this Oopsies. looks kind of expensive. <laughs> Sorry, that was like that was like two decades. We're doing like a lot of confessions on the podcast lately. Yes, 
things that we've done, you know, it's a form <laughs> yeah. of therapy for us. Yeah. <laughs> so with that oh, said, yeah. thanks so much for spending your morning or afternoon or evening with us. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.